What has candles and usually accompanies a cake? That's right, birthdays. The Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network is celebrating 10 years. What does that mean for you? It means we have a track record of being the number one homeschool podcast network with 10 years of bringing you fabulous homeschool podcasts all in one place. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and I'm the founder of Media Angels and this Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. When I started in 2013, I had no idea how big we'd grow. I asked a handful of my friends if they'd join me on the network, and many are still here with me today. We've been consistent for 10 years, and we are a hardworking bunch of homeschool parents who are also podcasters. And we really care. We care about you. We're here for you as you navigate homeschooling. And we're here for you 24-7 on every podcast platform. And we're always free. You are extremely important, and we want you to enjoy this birthday celebration. For our 10th year, we're giving away some fabulous prizes. The best way to stay current with all the information we provide is to subscribe. How do you do that? Glad you asked. The ultimate homeschoolpodcastnetwork.com is where you go and look for the subscribe box. You will receive up-to-date information coming to your inbox once a week, and you'll never miss another freebie again. Thanks so much for listening to my podcast, Vintage Homeschool Moms, and the other podcasts from extraordinary, hand-picked homeschool podcasters, just like the one you're going to listen to right now. Thanks for making our 10th year special. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Moms Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. What time is it? It is time for fall baking with the kids. Hey, everyone, and welcome. My name is Felice Gerwitz. This is episode 479, and you can find today's show notes at vintagehomeschoolmoms.com. You know, I love to bake, and there is nothing better than celebrating fall baking with the kids and just thinking about that warm, spicy scent of pumpkin, ginger, and more brings back so many memories that I have of baking with my children. And before I get started with some helpful tips that I think you can use, um, I want to thank our sponsor, and that is CTC Math. If you know of anyone who is struggling with math, this is the program for you. It is totally online. And I'm not a big online uh, curriculum person, but I have checked out this curriculum and I really, really like it. So you can go to ctcmath.com to check them out uh, for more information. And they have a wonderful discount uh, for homeschoolers. 
All right, friends, we are talking about baking. And as I get older, I keep perfecting recipes. And as my sons uh, and my daughter will say, if it's not broken, don't fix it. But I do like to tweak some things. And for me, there is nothing better than the smell of cinnamon. Fall is the best time to get your hands dirty and bake up some goodies with the kids. Well, one of the reasons is because it's cooler outside. And so people don't mind heating up their home. But no matter your dietary restrictions, there are plenty of recipes online for all kinds of diets. And baking encourages children to get involved and even children who are typically unenthusiastic when it comes to hands-on activities, you know, such as crafts or doing even a science project, are typically excited when it comes to baking. And I think because they get something out of the result. I believe baking also instills many good life skills such as cooperation and patience because nothing is fast when it comes to making something, especially if you are not using a box mix. And when I talk about fall baking, I'm suggesting homemade recipes. You know, my kids grew up with a lot of home-baked things. It's just how I grew up and that's how my kids grew up. And so on occasion, we would go somewhere and they'd have something like an Oreo or you know, a Chips Ahoy, and they would go, Mom, taste this, it's really good. And I would just like, oh my gosh, you know, roll my eyes at them, you know, but, uh, you know, for them, that was a treat because it wasn't something um, that was home-baked. But then as they got older and they became more discerning, uh, for example, I use a higher quality chocolate chip. And, you know, when my kids moved um, away and got their own places, you know, my daughter who was married and on a very strict budget and still is because she has many kids, um, you know, she said to me, that is one place I don't, you know, cut corners is on chocolate chips because it really makes a difference. So there are some things that we do and we instill in our kids that they'll carry on as well. And, you know, you also need to know where you live, right? Because, um, you know, if you're up in the mountains, that's uh, always uh, difficulty when you're doing baking, you know, not difficult, you know, um, how to arrange for the alt altitude. And living in Southwest Florida, the same thing, humidity is a factor in baking. Things go stale quickly if they're not stored in a cool place. If you live in a colder climate, you know, and less humid, you're not going to have an issue. So that's great. I use a lot of coconut oil in my baking. I use non-flavored coconut oil that's expeller pressed and I feel like it's a healthier fat. And so when I use it in the summer, it's liquid. So I have to adjust for my recipes. And when I use it in the winter, it's solid. And so again, I have to adjust. And the kids grew up doing that as well and learning that that's one of the great things about baking is that we have to be aware and adjust for the weather. Safety is also important when baking. I remember um, when I started homeschooling, one of the things I did was teach a science class and there was a whole chapter on safety. And I thought, you know, this is really smart. Whoever put this book together did a really good job because they talked about all the dangers of things that could happen when you're, you know, doing science experiments. And the kids learn that quickly with baking. They learn that heat burns. They also learn, you know, to be careful and to use mitts and to not t touch something when it comes out of the oven. Also, when you're cooking on the stove. And, of course, there are sharp knives. 
So there are plenty of books in the library or bookstores that focus on baking with kids, and these books are a good starting point if this is something that's new to you. Uh, my grandson's birthday's coming up, and one of the things I bought him was, you know, 20 easy kid recipes. I have um, no idea if he'll like it. I'll have to let you know in a future episode. But each of the kids um, at in my daughter's home that are old enough take a turn making dinner. And for sure, that night, they're going to like what they're serving, right? And I think that's such a great life skill. I didn't do that. Um, when they were younger, but they all got to help if they wanted to. And I also had a lot more energy when I was younger and more patience, and maybe that's where you are. But I remember having poster boards with our most popular recipes, and I would write out the ingredients, and I would use it with the kids to teach reading. I also taught the kids math and fractions while baking. And as homeschool parents, we can use anything and everything at our disposal to teach our kids. For example, I would teach them four tablespoons equal a fourth of a cup. And so, you know, that's something that is really cool. And you can teach the kids that. And then you can say, well, what if I only have two tablespoons? And they would know that that's one eighth of a cup. So when they finally got to fractions in their math books, they had an understanding because they baked just off the top of my head, the five, you know, skills that that baking teaches are, you know, measuring with precision, fractions, reading, science, because there's chemical reactions and safety practices. And again, those are just off the top of my head. I think my favorite memory of baking is that it teaches life skills. We've baked everything from loaf bread to French breads to complex rolls. Um, you know, we've, we ground wheat for a while. In fact, I still have bins of wheat that has not been ground. Um, and we've made everything from cookies to candy to homemade pizzas to all kinds of things that we have baked. During the fall, as many of you, um, cinnamon and ginger come into play. And it is the time of the year that I begin making cookie dough, which freezes really well ahead of the holidays. We get so busy. And for me, um, you know, gift giving, uh, especially with baked goods is something that I enjoy, as well as when I have people over, I like to offer them some home baked goodies. And so if I have dough in the freezer, I can take it out, set it in the fridge. And when I'm ready, I can just scoop out that dough and bake it. Uh, this can easily be thawed, you know, um, in small or large batches. And, you know, for a quick guide for fall baking, um, I'm going to go through some questions that I would like you to ask yourself because, you know, if you were sitting right here, we could talk about it and I could help you plan this out. But I just wanted to give you some things to think about. The first is what is it you want to make? You know, tried and true recipes or is it something new such as a gingerbread house or a gingerbread men? One year I made a gingerbread train. I will never do that again. <laughs> I have made homemade gingerbread houses, you know, several. And, um, you know, those work fairly well. It's really the, the trick is in not getting the dough too thick and in having like super glue frosting. Uh, the second is what do you have time to bake? You need to schedule this just like you're doing school and especially for the younger grades. Um, you know, you can schedule this. If you have middle schoolers, this can count as home ec and that's a credit. 
So what are your goals? What do you want to do with baking? Do you just want to cook and teach the kids life skills? Or, you know, do you want to incorporate some kind of school activities or just have fun making memories? Uh, The fourth thing is make a list of recipes you want to tackle. I know when I do this, I have to X out about five things because I get carried away. And then you can buy ingredients or use what you have on hand. There are some things that I keep in bulk. And now that I have a smaller family instead of my big, large family, I store them in, um, you know, covered bins with lids and I put them each in bags because, um, again, Southwest Florida here, bugs get into things. So uh, that is something that is important if you're buying things in bulk to store them so that you won't have them ruined when you go to use them and make sure to rotate your stock as well. And then go over the rules with the children before you get started so that you all have the same expectations. Kids want to dive in and do everything. You're going to have the younger ones who want to be in charge and just, you know, push everyone else out of the way. Um, But we need to tell them that we are going to be patient and we're going to share and everyone's going to get a turn. You know, kids also love to touch everything and that can be dangerous when baking. So, Um, What are your rules? Because I did have rules when it came to baking. The first was washing your hands before you begin. The second was not to taste anything without permission. The third was safety. You know, heat burns and whirling blades of a mixer should be avoided. So when I had them pour things into the mixer, I would actually stop the mixer and move the blades away so that they could do it unencumbered. The fourth was to wait for instructions. Oh my gosh, this taught patience. You know, if I'm trying to teach patience, it's very difficult. And, um, but when you were baking and they had to wait, they were so good. Again, um, I went through these rules before we got started. Sometimes I had to ask the children and they would memorize them because we had gone over them so many times. The fifth was to share or divide jobs. So one person measures this batch and then the other one pours. And so that was really good. And the sixth was to take turns so that everyone will get one. Uh, The seventh again was patience. And that was baking is fun, but it takes time. And the eighth was to work together and to be encouraging to each other. And the ninth was cleanup is for everyone. So being careful cuts down on the mess. And the 10th was tasting once the food cooled. One of our all-time favorite recipes are gingerbread. And that was something that I could make ahead. The gingerbread dough froze really, really well. I had a really good recipe for that. Layer cookies, that's something that's fast and easy that you can make. And what's really nice about layer cookies is that the kids get to use, um, you know, I have a small little um, mixer that um, actually it crushes uh, things. And so the kids could put graham crackers in and crush those up. And that was really fun. Um, And my daughter um, actually perfected my husband's grandmother's fudge. And this is not the soft fudge. It's more of that hard, brittle fudge. And the only praise report I have is that I personally don't like it because it's so ultra fattening um, and it's so sugary to me, but everyone in my family absolutely loves it. And um, the extended family asks my daughter for uh, for this fudge for gifts uh, during Christmas. So it's something that, you know, during off seasons is when you um, work things up and you can perfect the recipe. 
My focus when baking is usually on cookies because they last the longest in terms of freshness. I have wonderful recipes for yummy sugar cookies, you know, those big chewy kind with the thick chocolate or the sugar sprinkles on top, but they go stale in two days where I live and have to be kept in the refrigerator for freshness. So keep that in mind when you're deciding on what you want to bake. Um, If you have larger households like my daughter, this is not an issue because cookies and things like that don't last as long. Uh, And also kids are less discriminating when it comes to freshness. Um, And so that's important. Another thing that I've uh, talked to people about that like to bake is, is this a time to be creative or is it not? And one of my favorite tips when baking is to be creative without changing the recipe too much. In other words, you can be creative with shapes or decorating, um, but try to stick to the original recipe at least one time. My mother was a great cook, but not a great baker because she baked by eye similar to her cooking. So by eye is hit and miss. You know, sometimes she remembered the baking powder. Sometimes she didn't. Uh, Recently, I did that with biscuits. I um, didn't go through my recipe because I have it memorized. How many of you are out there raising your hand that you have it memorized? And so... I forgot to put the shortening in it. Again, I use um, coconut oil. And so everything was beautiful and light and flaky. But when I tasted it, I said, okay, what did I do wrong? Well, my family slathers everything with honey and they didn't notice it, except for those of us that eat it with apple butter. We could taste the difference. And when I thought back over what I did, I remembered that I had not put the shortening in. And so that makes a difference. Um, so, you know, sometimes you, you do things and uh, you make them differently. You know, for example, if you're making strawberry shortcake, you can decide to sugar the strawberries or not. You can decide to set your whole cake up with strawberries in the middle. If you're going to eat it all at one time, that's perfect. But if not, strawberries do tend to shed a lot of water and that yummy strawberry juice soaks into the cake and it's delicious the first day, but after a few days, The strawberries taste rubbery and the cake is soggy. So again, something to consider. What will you bake? You know, there are so many different things that you can. And I looked quickly online and All Recipes has a whole segment on easy to make recipes with kids. There are many other websites as well that you can use to bake with children. I found that kids are happy to just count as you put in the ingredients. And I usually have the kids break eggs or measure flour separately. And then I would put in the flour by, you know, measuring it again. Um, Eggs are probably the last skill I have the kids practice. There's something about eggs. They just all want to break them and it's so high on their list. So what I would do is give them a bowl and let them break one egg at a time. Then we could fish out the shells and go from there. Um, You know, so that that was important. And so, um, you know, I've noticed too that especially if you buy like organic eggs or you have fresh eggs, the, the shells seem to be brittle. And they crack, you know, even with adults doing them without uh, getting shell in, it gets harder and harder. And then the holidays, you know, what is that key ingredient you want to use for the holidays? Like for the example, during the summer, we use whatever's fresh, what fruit's available. You know, I know we can get things all year long, but it's really good to have locally sourced fruit. Pumpkin is also something that I stock up on this time of the year. And how do I do that? Well, I buy baking pumpkins 
in bulk. I can get them from a wholesaler locally or the grocery store, and I bake pumpkins by cutting them in half. One of my hus- my husband or my stronger kids take care of this for me. And I place the halves downstairs in a uh, down. I place. Let me try that again. I place the pumpkin halves face down on a large baking pan with a small amount of water. Then I cover it, and once the pumpkins are soft, you can easily scoop out the pulp. And I have one of those mega uh, blenders, and so I just puree the pumpkin in a food processor, one of those you know great blenders that we have. And then I store the pumpkin in one cup measures so that when I want to bake something out, some of them are in two cups, like that's what I need for pumpkin bread. And I can just pull out a bag from the freezer, allow it to defrost before using. And I like that so much better than canned pumpkin, which to me has a funny flavor. Another thing that you can make with kids that's really easy are the fruit breads. Um, The best thing is you don't even need a mixer and the kids will enjoy uh, stirring, which they like to do most of the time. And so um, I make pumpkin bread or banana bread or apple bread. I've had zucchini and lemon bread. I love lemon bread, but no one likes it except for me. So I tend not to make it often. And zucchini bread is is kind of a, I like it, but kids are not, you know, some kids don't like it as well. And they're great for breakfast. Best of all, the kids enjoy it because they're making it. I also found these small coated loaf pans online that you can use for baking. They kind of come, you know, quite a few in a package, but I love them because I use them uh, for so many years when I sent my kids uh, care packages when they lived in college um, out of state. And then I also found these really awesome, really large cupcake uh, liners and they're They're kind of fluted so that the cupcakes don't, um, you know, spill out. And I use them when I bake muffins. And again, that is something that the kids love to make. And I have a wonderful uh, muffin recipe. I'm going to put a note to myself. So hopefully I will put that um, on the website. And if you're listening, um, you can go to this episode. And if I have not put the muffin recipe mix um, on the website, um, remind me to, and I will. This is episode 479, uh, Celebrating Fall Baking with the Kids. Um, this recipe, uh, I think, makes like two or three batches of muffins, but I love it because you can take out, you know, two and three-fourths of a cup of the mix, add an egg, add some milk. Um, a stick of butter and then, or you can use shortening and bake them. And then I, from that mix, I can make chocolate chip muffins, or I can add a little bit of chocolate to it and make chocolate, chocolate chip muffins. Or um, I add some um, apple butter and cut up apples and make, you know, the most delicious apple muffins. I'm making myself hungry as I'm recording this. It's kind of close to dinner time. So I am going to sign off um, because I'm making me hungry and I hope I'm not making you hungry as well. But listen, friends, take care. God bless. And I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Vintage Homeschool Moms. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and the VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.